This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're talking about media and Syntyche today. Let's take a closer look. Let's do it. So we're in Philippians 4. Um, Yeah, so before we actually get to the letter to the Philippians, so for anyone that doesn't know, Philippians is a letter written by Paul mm-hmm. to the church at Philippi. We know that Paul founded this church. Oh, right. wait, we have a special guest today. We do have a special guest today. I was like, how are we going to work this yeah. in? Uh, we've got Onyx Ware here today. Yeah. My um, dog is currently sitting in Clayton's lap. Um, and so you guys on YouTube can see him. Um, sorry, you guys listening on the podcast y'all can't um, go over to our youtube channel yeah was church on youtube you can find it in the show notes below you get to see my dog he's half he's cool he's cool as crap man yeah he's a he's, cool dog he's a special breed he's half lab half dachshund yeah he's super cute very sweet super chill these days seven years old yeah and he's just, you guys on YouTube can see, he's just chilling. He's just chill. He's always like that, man. He's chill. He might even, in a little bit, add in his two cents, maybe. We'll see. Maybe so. We'll see. But anyways, so Philippians is a letter written by Paul to the church at Philippi, which he founded. You can get that story in Acts chapter 16, I believe. And there's a cool story there. We're going to talk about her in one episode, but... Excuse me, because in our summer series, we're going to do a whole episode dedicated to Lydia because I think she's a cool character. But it just clicked to me. I always say character because I view this as a big, like, story. Yeah. But They're real don't, people. Yeah, don't don't think that me saying character means that I don't believe she's a real person. I mean, she's it, absolutely a real person. It could also be that weird thing that like old people say, like, oh, you're such a character. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Um, but no, they Lydia Lydia's pretty awesome. Yeah, so we're gonna do a whole episode on her, but uh she's the one that Paul actually engages with. Yeah. When he happens upon I, so I gotta move your this area in Philippi outside the gates. We'll talk about it one day, but you can find it in Acts chapter 16. But so then after Paul leaves Philippi, he sends this letter to the Philippian church some years later. And Philippians is a, a strange or not a strange, it's a very different letter of Paul. Get, so it's first a very of all, good way to explain it. it's very different. First of all, there's nothing like Philippians is not a like contested letter. No, there's no one in the world that thinks Paul didn't write Philippians. Yeah. Like it's very clearly Paul. And oddly enough, in it, he spends most of his time like encouraging them. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't spend like First Corinthians. That dude is constantly like just slapping the Corinthian church down. Yeah, like, like you're this, this needs wrong, to change. This, this needs wrong. to change. Yeah. Like, the whole thing. In Philippians, he doesn't seem to do that. Like right up until the very end, sort of ish. 
even there, he's still like telling him that they're no, no. You're exactly right. At the very end, he kind of affirms their idea of the resurrection, but also he, that's kind of coming out of the idea that like they're also doing something else wrong. <laughs> well, no. So his deal here, um, I'm talking about in First Corinthians. Did you think? I was oh about yeah, yeah. I thought you were talking about Philippians. Oh well, no, no Philippians too. But like, well, no, the resurrection is not in the last chapter of Philippians. Well, that, what I'm saying is not. You got it in Corinth in First Corinthians, like. He, but, but also, what I'm saying is that is also true here, just not necessarily resurrection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he at the very end of this letter, he gives a very gracious rebuke. I think that's fair. It's not, sh I'm not a hundred percent sure what happened, but so in Acts chapter 16, we're told that Paul exits the gates of Philippi and he goes outside to a place of prayer down by the river or down by the water. Okay. What that could mean a ton of things. We'll talk more about that in the Lydia episode, but he meets Lydia because she seems to be the leader of this prayer gathering of women. Okay. Straight women. Like the text. Exclusively women. The text. That, yeah, 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 yeah. The text is very clear, I think, that like there are only women here. Now, why is that? We'll talk about that when we talk about Lydia. I'm not going to give all that away because that's a whole big thing that we got to talk about with Lydia and the ancient culture and Jews and Roman interactions and all this kind of stuff. But this is some years later, and Paul hangs around Philippi for a little bit to help him get started. Yeah. And in here, like in this letter, Paul mentions other men. Sorry, Bible nerds. I got a little bit of a cold. Y'all are going to have to bear with me. Yep. So, it, but in this letter, like Paul mentions a couple of different men, Timothy and um, uh, Epaphroditus. Yeah, Epaphroditus, that he's like sent to them and he considers coworkers. And like, so, and I think they've got other men in the congregation now. Like, I, I don't think that there's no men here. Sorry, I had to get a drink of water. I'm pretty parched. Um, but Paul here in chapter 4, verse 2, I'm just going to read you the text. It says, I urge Eudia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. All right. And then he goes, rejoice in the Lord. Like he, he totally changes topic here. That's all we get. And once again, I want to point out, this is exactly what we mean when we say that the Bible's written for us, not to us. <laughs> yeah. You got three people named here and another person referenced all in a grand total of like three sentences. Yeah. How are we supposed to piece this together? A lot of hard work. Yeah. That's how we piece this together. So how do we piece this together? 
All right. Yudi and Syntyche. In Greek, they are very clearly feminine names. Mm -hmm. Here, they are called women. Yeah. He tells my loyal companion, help these women. These ladies are very clearly women. Like, there's no question about that. Here's the interesting thing. Clayton, if you were writing a letter to an organization and you chose to name people or refer to people, isolate people by name, clearly knowing of some kind of conflict that they have, right? Because he says, I urge Yudi and Syntyche to be of the same mind. Yeah. Clearly there's some conflict and these are two people. If you're writing a letter to these people, and there are two people in the very bottom of the organization that are not really going to change anything. Are you referencing them in a letter? No. No, you're not. So what does that tell you about UDN and Syntyche? They're important. They important. They are so important. There's no question in my mind that these ladies are important. Yeah. I don't know what their role is. Knowing Paul, I'm going to go ahead and call them elders. Yeah, so... I, I, well, that's what I was about to say, is that like... Going with the same idea that you're writing. Oh, you want up? Okay. Um, going with the same idea that, you know, of writing a letter to an organization. If if I were writing a letter to an organization and I name people, I would also give their title. Right? Yeah, John yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith, director of yeah, yeah, yeah. outreach or whatever. Right? Yeah. Uh, director of development, what whatever. And he gives their title in a way. Right? He says, um, for they have struggled... With beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose name are in the book of life, um, they're named coworkers. Yeah, you, they're, yeah, they're titled coworkers. You skipped ahead. Yeah, I did you, skip it. I'm sorry. You're absolutely right. I'm sorry, yes. but I think he wants out. Y'all keep talking. Yeah. So Clayton is dealing with Onyx right now. Um, yes, Clayton's absolutely right. Paul clearly gives us their title. Their title is coworker. Whether you want to be like super nitpicky and whether or not they're overseers or deacons, whatever, <laughs> either way, whichever title you want to give them, because Paul calls them co-workers in the gospel. Yeah, beside me in the work of the gospel, they are co-workers in the gospel. Either way, it debunks the whole thing that women can't be deacons or yeah. overseers. I, and, and I want to, to take a, a look at this word coworker here for a moment, if that's okay. What, what's another word for coworker? Co-laborer. Colleague. Oh, yeah. So, yes. Yeah. What, where do we, what, what's the, the two words there? Co-league, right? Equals. Equals. Yeah. We are in a league together. Yeah. And we are beside each other. Yeah. For Paul, these women are next to each other and they are in league with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're next to each other and they're next to him. Yeah, and they are all in league with each other. Yeah. So big deal here. Yeah, that's one thing. Paul rarely ever... Yeah, I feel pretty confident saying this. Paul rarely ever like puts his finger on a hierarchy. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Or takes an authoritarian role. I would agree. Most of the time, Paul is very gracious and urging things and making recommendations because of his position, but rarely ever does he demand things. There's a, a handful of times that he's there like, is. this is, has got to stop. Dude right? also like, wrote arguably 13 letters. So Yeah, and so and, he has to deal with some pretty heavy stuff. Well, and he's in, in all the known world, I mean, he's the man mm-hmm. when it comes to Christianity. So, yeah, like there is, there's definitely some stuff going on there, but I do agree with you that Paul thinks they're equals. Yeah. And notice he also mentions them as co-workers alongside Clement. Yep. Amen. Yep. So there's a lot going on here about what's happening. Now, I also want to point this out. This is not lost on me, and I'm not going to get a chance to talk about it in the story. The text says, I urge Eudia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. They're clearly in some kind of conflict. Mm-hmm presumably around the conversation or around the church. Yeah. Why is Paul so concerned with them being in conflict? Well, uh, honestly, like, this is my modern mind speaking, not like ancient, right? But if, if we had two really important people in the church that were not of the same mind, and we're in some sort of conflict, where does that end in modern-day churches? It ends in a split. Yeah. Um, and so that's where my mind goes. Yeah. I don't know if that's... Yeah, I don't think that's on Paul's mind. Yeah. The church is the church in Paul's day. There's right. not really a bunch of, like, splits and things happening. The church just is the church. Right. What I think Paul is getting at here is division in the church means a lack of love. Mm. This entire Shameless plug, go listen to Let's Talk last week. It shows a lack of community. Yeah, it does. Well, let me say it can. Yeah. Discord and conflict doesn't mean a lack of community. It can it, mean a lack of If it's of not handled properly, it can. This entire letter, this is clearly a friendship letter. This is clearly a love letter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Paul is mostly very affirming of everything going on in Philippi. Thanking them for their donations to him and, like, all kinds of stuff. Like they're, and Just very happy they, with what they're doing. They do seem to be a community. Yeah. But conflict, if it's looked upon by the rest of the, the world doesn't look loving. Yeah. Paul's very concerned. Remember, the church is the outcast. Mm. They're on the rise. They're the minority. And so Paul's very concerned about what the image looks like. And this discord doesn't look good out in the world. How can we say that we're a message of love and you're in conflict with one another? Yeah. And so Paul's referring to them. And then he says, my loyal companion... Who is that? Yeah, there have been a number of works done on... The My Loyal Companion. Who the loyal companion is. Yeah. Honestly, like, whenever I read that, where my mind goes is the church body itself. No, Um, it's clearly an individual. You really think it's an individual? Yeah, it's definitely an individual. There's a little asterisk here. 
what is that word? How do you pronounce that? And what does that mean? I don't know. This is weird. This is like transliteration or something. I can't read this. Okay. So I, I'm the reason I like to use my, uh, my Uversion Bible app, um, the NRSV version is because it gives like little asterisks that I can click on. Yeah. And sometimes it'll like expound on certain words. Yeah. And it gives a, a word here that I have no idea what that so is. So if, if that's transliteration, the way that I think it is, let me see that. Sisgus. I. That must just be a textual variant, like of what it is, because oh, okay. that's just another. That's just another noun. Um. So it must just be another thing, but the predominant one is companion. Okay. Like that's how pretty much everybody translates it. Nobody knows who that dude is. A lot of people think it's Epaphroditus. Some people think it's other people. Like there are a ton of people, ton of theories about who it is. Nobody knows. I don't really like the idea of it being Epaphroditus. Um, it's clearly somebody that's involved in the church. Mm. So I don't know who it is. And I don't know why Paul chooses not to name them. He names three other people. Well, yeah. I mean, he names Eudia, Syntyche, and Clement. Yeah. And here's why I don't like it being Epaphroditus. If I'm just being honest. Bit speculative. I'm just letting you know how I feel. Paul's talking about two women. What's the last thing you wanted to do to get between two women? Throw a man in there. Throw a man in there. I think it's a woman. And I think Paul's the Paul and this person are the only ones that maybe knew who he called my little companion. Mm. So he's doing a very cryptic message to tell a single individual in a very public setting how to go and deal with this issue. And I think it's a woman. I would say that that is speculative. Oh, it's uh, very speculative. I'm I don't. I don't that. think that that's wrong. I mean, especially I since the church was founded upon women. Yeah. I actually like the idea that that's Lydia. Hmm. That's an interesting perspective. It's a theory. It's not even a perspective. Like it's literally, I mean, it's just a theory. I mean, it, it is a perspective because well, it is true. your perspective. I guess that's true, but it's right. just a theory. I don't yeah. like anybody that says, oh, the loyal companion is so-and-so. It's just a theory. Yeah. We don't know. But, so all that to say, Paul says, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of my coworkers, whose names are in the book of life. <laughs> what are you laughing at? The rest of, I, I'm just, my mind went back to, what does all mean yeah. in Greek? Yeah, it, it means, means all. all. Yeah. Right. And here, what does the rest of mean? It means the rest of it. It means all of them. Right. Like So who who would some of other like some of Paul's other coworkers be? Um, well, uh last week, right? Um with uh Priscilla and uh, Pris Aquila. With Priscilla and Aquila. Um uh, Timothy, right? Um, Epaphroditus, Apollos, Apollos, right? Like, Luke, John, uh, Mark, Barnabas, right? Like, Barnabas, yeah. We, we, there's so many people that 
if they have truly co-labored with Phoebe, Phoebe, if they had truly co-labored with, they are in that bunch too. Oh, Junia. Not familiar. She's in Romans. Hmm? We'll talk about her. Okay. We got a we got a whole deal done on her. The point that I want to make to you, listener, is I just named off pretty close to as many women as I did men. Yeah, that's pretty true. Yeah. Paul had a whole lot of women. So you got Judea, Syntyche, Junia, or Junia. You got Phoebe, um, and you got Priscilla. So I just named off five women. You got Luke, Timothy, Epaphroditus, John Mark, Barnabas, and Apollos. That's six. We're not far off. Yeah. Paul doesn't seem to have a major gender bias here. Mm-mm. What Paul, in my mind, based on this text, what Paul seems to have a much bigger concern with is not the gender of the worker, but the, but the amount of love within the worker. Yeah. I think that's totally fair. Um, and, and like we've been talking about this entire time, ladies, you bring so much more than this, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want this to be an all-inclusive here. Um, but, but ladies, you do bring a level of love and grace that is harder for us as men. It can uh, be. It really can be. Like like I said last week, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a woman with her Bible open arguing over some nonsense. It overall, doesn't really matter. Nope. I've seen women and heard of women arguing with, with men about oppressive things. And good for you for doing that. Keep doing that. Dude, yeah. When I see women getting dudes' faces about oppressive things, I'm like... Get you some girl. I got you back. Yeah, like, I, like I'm here. Keep going. Like, let him say something to you. I'm here. <laughs> like, I, I am all for that. Yep. But I've never seen a woman argue like that. Mm-mm. I've also noticed from our mom, your grandmother, right? Grandmothers, plural. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, uh, some some women that we're also very close with um, that are some very good friends of ours. There's one that's coming to mind. I'm sure she's coming to mind for you too. Um, our, our aunts. The, the work that they bring to the church. Just full of love. Full of yeah. grace. And that is something that we as men can have a really hard time with. They embody a very real experience of unconditional love. And it's in those moments where unconditional love is truly felt and experienced that people look at the church and go, the hand of God is truly upon those workers of the gospel. Mm 